Hello, this is Larry Bertrand with another session of Explore the Bible series. We are in the final lesson in the book of John, lesson number 25, scheduled for May 28th, 2023. Believers are offered God's grace even when they fail. So the key verse for today is John 21, verse 22. Jesus answered, If I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. As we look at John chapter 21, verses 15 to 23 for today's lesson, we'll note Jesus' interactions with Peter in this passage. Earlier, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Here, Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to affirm his love three times. We'll focus on helping you understand that even when you fail, Jesus offers you another chance. So the reminder is that even when we are not faithful to Jesus, he is ready and willing to receive us back, forgiving and restoring us. So on the night of his arrest, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Uh, the experience devastated Peter and likely struck him uh, with fear after the resurrection. But in today's verses, we'll see that Jesus uh, wasn't through with Peter. He wanted Peter to understand that. So as we look at the context of John chapter 21, verses 1 through 25, knowing Jesus was alive was, was not enough. Christ had a mission uh, for his disciples after their times with Jesus in Jerusalem, the disciples moved northward to Galilee. Shortly after his resurrection, Jesus sent a message with the women and disciples to join him there. And as they waited for Jesus, several disciples joined Peter on a fishing trip. Peter was probably tired emotionally and physically and spiritually and this flight to familiarity might have been a, a reaction to the stress, a way to unwind, if you will. But Jesus had other plans. After they had fished all night with nothing to show for it, Jesus appeared to them from the shore. Though they didn't recognize him, they heard his instruction and cast their nets again. This time they caught a huge number of fish. This event mirrored one of Peter's initial experiences with Jesus prior to accepting his call in Luke chapter 5. Realizing this was Jesus, Peter swam to the shore while the others uh, brought along uh, the the boat of boatload of fish. Jesus had already started a fire 
and invited them to join him for breakfast. So let's look at these three sections of Scripture, beginning with John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. I want you to listen for the words, key words or phrases related to Jesus' post-breakfast conversation with Peter. So after breakfast, we see in verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. What was Jesus' first question for Peter? So earlier, Peter had denied Jesus. We see this in some commentary reading uh, beside a fire. Now, here we are beside another fire, right after he's cooking breakfast. So beside another fire, he restored Peter publicly. Jesus called him Simon, son of John, as he had when he first met Peter in chapter 1, verse 42. Jesus asked him, Do you truly love me more than these? What Jesus meant by, by these, uh, Jesus probably was referring to Maybe the disciples? Do you love me more than the rest of these disciples? In light of Peter's uh, proud statement that he would never fall away no matter what others did, we see that in Matthew 26 and Luke 22 and John 13. Jesus's threefold question and threefold commission of apostolic mission contrasts directly with Peter's three denials. Three times Peter said he did not even know the Lord. We see that in chapter 18. Now, three times he said he loved the Lord. No matter how great a person is, he may fall, but God's grace and forgiveness will restore those who have repentant hearts. So this provision of grace would be important for the church would soon face great persecution. Even church leaders would waver in their commitments. Three times Jesus commissioned Peter to care for the flock. So in verse 15, he says, uh, 
feed my lambs. My translation says in verse 16, take care of my sheep. And verse 17, feed my sheep. So feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. So in Jesus' three questions of love, the first and last one, first and second word have to have the root word agape, a God kind of love, an unconditional love. The last one was filio, a brotherly love. And his three commands of duty, uh, he said, tend, uh, are heard, another word, word heard my sheep, lead my sheep to pasture. Uh, a lot of Greek synonyms could be used here. Since it's difficult uh, to see any consistent distinctions that John intended, most scholars see these as just stylistic variations of the same thought. Jesus claimed to be the good shepherd. We see that in John chapter 10, verse 14 and expects his followers to reflect his love for others. Peter was going to be a major figure in the early church. So Jesus needed him to understand that he was still useful. And so Jesus restores Peter to a strong fellowship with the Lord. So why do we easily think that if we have faltered, well, the Lord is no longer able to use us. It's a common th thinking and pattern of thought. I want to affirm that Jesus' grace and restoration is so important because people are important and we will fail. But even when we fail, Jesus is ready and willing to forgive and to restore us to his purposes. So we see in this next section, John chapter 21, verse 18 and 19, I want you to think of how God used Peter after this conversation there after breakfast. Verse 18, very truly I tell you, when you were young, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Verse 19 says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Looking at Tyndale's commentary, uh, he says the, the following reinstatement of Peter, or after reinstating Peter, Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, he says, you dressed yourself, you went where you wanted to go, uh, but now that you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you. Someone else will lead you where you do not want to go. This 
enigmatic statement contrasts Peter's experience during his youth. So when when he was young, he dressed himself, he went where he wanted to, he was pretty much on his own, uh, he did what uh, he wanted to, but that would not happen when he was old. His independence after he became old would be stripped away. He would be forced to stretch out his hands and others would clothe him and lead him into a place where he did not wish to go. Stretching out the hands is an allusion to the way uh, those uh, who would be crucified would be forced to stretch out their arms and bear the crossbeam uh, to the place of crucifixion. Uh, so the evangelist, John, leaves us in no doubt about the intention of his saying. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter uh, would use to glorify God. Peter was known to have suffered uh, a violent death. We see that in Clement's writings. Um, Tertullian says it was by crucifixion. And earliest testimonies refers to him as a martyr. So Jesus' next words to Peter were most appropriate. Then he said to him, follow me. And Peter was to take up his cross literally and to follow him. And again, uh, history and tradition informs us that Peter refused to be crucified right side up like his Messiah, his master was. Instead, he was crucified upside down. So note that martyr comes really, that root word is the same Greek word as witness. So Peter and the majority, if all but John, were martyred, were killed for their beliefs, their following Christ. So uh, we see that word, follow me. It reminds us that Jesus's relationship with Peter began with similar words. Jesus was again reminding Peter. Remember when he first met Peter, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here Jesus reminds Peter that he was going to be used by God. And I want to emphasize again uh, that while failure will happen, our lives should be marked with obedience and a willingness to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, wherever he sends us. So sometimes in difficult conversations, we're tempted to change the subject. I'm sure Peter was getting a little bit squirmish and a little awkward in this conversation. So Jesus had given Peter some hard truths. You're going to die for me. You're going to follow me. And uh, Jesus would not let him shift gears. So let's see what happens in verses 20 to 23. 
as I read these words, identify how Peter tried to change the subject, if you will. So Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the upper room and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? In other words, what about his death is what he's asking. And in verse 22, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple, John, would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Looking in the Bible Knowledge Commentary, Peter, having been informed about God's plans for his life, naturally, wondered what about the future uh, of his fellow disciples? What about his friend John, the disciple whom Jesus loved? Jesus sharply re rebuked Peter for being curious about God's will for another person's life. Well, what is that to you, Jesus said? You must follow me. So some disciples can be easily distracted by unnecessary questions about God's secret will. As a result, they neglect God's plain revelation about his will for their life. Also, God's plan for Christians vary, and we need to understand that his reasons are not often made known. We don't understand everything God desires, and we may not get answers this side of heaven. Peter was to commit himself to God's plan, God's plain commands to him and nothing else. So John then corrected uh, a faulty inference that made some to believe that John would not die. Interestingly, Jesus' last words recorded by John in the gospel refer to his return. Of course, Jesus gave no indication when he would return. The false rumor about Jesus' words uh, to Peter show the possibility of misunderstanding God's promises. Christians must seek to understand God's word accurately. What was Jesus' ultimate command for Peter? Jesus called Peter, Peter to do simply one thing, to follow him. Without worrying about what he was doing or the, without worrying about the lives of others. So let me suggest that follow me would be a great summary statement for your life and for my life, as well as a good mission statement 
for how we live our life. We are followers of Christ. We follow him. So what are the dangers of comparing? I think Peter was doing that with John, comparing others, ourselves to other believers. Uh, social media makes it real easy to compare how other people are living as opposed to how we're living. Comparison leads to pride. If we think we're doing better than others, pride comes out. If we're looking at other people's lives, it distracts us from just focusing on what God wants us to do in our life. If, if we're looking at our life compared to other people's lives, it may create some judgmental spirit. I'm better than they are. It also may cause doubt. I'm not doing everything God wants me to do. Don't compare yourself. It's dangerous when we do that. God has a personal plan for both Peter and John. Both were important for the kingdom. Wow, the revelation of God given to John. What important words and the work of Peter as a, the head of the church, that New Testament church. What a powerful work God used for both of these men. Different different roles, different responsibilities. God also has a personal plan for every one of us, for you and for me. And we should focus on personal obedience as we fulfill God's calling for us. The kingdom grows stronger and believers are encouraged and the world will see our love for Jesus. And as a result, the world will be drawn to him. What are the applications? Believers should examine the depth of their love for Jesus. Do that today. Examine how, how strong, how deep is your love for Jesus. Believers can faithfully follow Jesus in spite of the failings of our past. And finally, believers are to trust God's plan, his plan for our lives. So how would you answer if Jesus asked if you really loved him? What would you say to him? Let me remind you that failure does not have to define our walk with Jesus. Let me challenge you to turn to Jesus when you fail and ask him to help you stay focused. Go back to the call he has for your life and fulfill that. Be obedient. As we close, focus on God's forgiveness and give thanks for his love. Ask God to help you to to know and to follow his plan for your life. <laughs> a beautiful course uh, came out right, right as I was finishing up college in 1974 and starting in my first full-time ministry uh, in a church was I Love You, Lord. It was written by a, a young mother, Laurie Klein. She was a young mother and wife. She'd, she was a full-time college student. They were living on 400 a month. I bet you all can remember those days. Uh, they were struggling to make 
uh, ends meet and make connections. Uh, so let me ask, which is worse, the, the poverty of finance or the poverty of fellowship? She, the, she didn't have money and she didn't have strong relationships, and, and both of those can uh, leave us feeling in poverty. So the client's financial situation led her to write a song as an offering to God. It was her gift to the Lord, and it's been a gift for more than 50 years now as we consider uh, uh, what uh, they can offer to God, consider what, how might we, God, use us uh, to share goodness for the Lord. And so the words, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Pray with me. Lord, we do love you. And we do pray that our offerings of praise and worship uh, are sweet sounds, are gifts to you. We all admit that we've failed just as Peter had to admit. And we receive the commission that you have given us uh, to follow you, to, to take care of your sheep. Lord, bless us. Use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.